Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm, damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Hi, and welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we decide if a film has gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Everett Taylor, and with me, of course, is my friend, David William Rogers. Maybe potentially a secret undercover cop masquerading as a kindergarten teacher. We don't know. We'll find out. Hello, David. Paris, who are the bad people? The bad man. <laughs> who are not the tumor, Paris. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. David, what is the film we are doing today? Oh, the film we are doing is Kindergarten Cop 1990. It's a PG-13, about an hour and 51 runtime. Uh, this stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Penelope Ann, Palama, or sorry, <laughs> Pamela Reed, Linda Hunt, Richard Tyson, Carol Baker, Joe and Christian Cousins, who are twins. Um, they play Dominic. Kathy Moriarty, who is a fan of ours, obviously. Um, we've done a lot of movies with her. And this was directed by Ivan Reitman. And the writing credits go to Murray Salem and Herschel Weingrod, great last name, and Timothy Harris. So, cool. yeah, this is, a, this is a throwback for me. You know, I, I remember this from the childhood. Um, mm-hmm. Had you seen this before? So I didn't think I had seen this before. And then re-watching it, I was like, oh, I, I remembered like the second half more, like the the fairground stuff. So I definitely think I had seen it, but for some reason didn't put the entire film together okay. for whatever reason. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it was fun to revisit it. And uh I mean, since I seem like I'm less familiar with it, I can do the synopsis. Yeah, but she... this is a film about an undercover cop who is trying to find a bad guy's wife who apparently stole like $3 million, uh, bad guy's wife and the son. And they get like a tip that the wife and the son are in Astoria, Oregon. Oregon being the birthplace of my boo thing. So shout out to Oregon. <laughs> And they go, Arnold Schwarzenegger as uh, Kimball, Agent Kimball, goes up there with another uh, agent, a woman, who she's supposed to pretend to be a kindergarten teacher so they can go undercover and try to find out who is who. And she gets sick, so Arnold Schwarzenegger has to go undercover, and he's never had experience as a teacher before, so he gets kind of overwhelmed by six-year-olds, and hilarity ensues, he falls Mm -hmm. in love. And the bad guy eventually does show up, and uh, and then he has to step in and save the day. Yeah, good synopsis. This uh, this spoke to me a little bit this week because of Pamela Reed characters um, Phoebe getting food poisoning because my mm. significant other got food poisoning no. Sunday afternoon. She was in bed all day Monday. We went to a theater. I will not name them because I am a. St- a-lister with them that'll probably give a hint who it is so i don't want to throw them under the bus but she got a hot dog and oh, yeah. she was going to the bathroom and before the movie started and i was getting food she's like can you grab me a hot dog i'm getting hungry i'm like yeah and i didn't see it on the menu so i text her i'm like i can't see the hot dog so i'm just getting popcorn we can order you something else she she walks out and i'm like they don't have hot dogs she's like oh it's right there and i'm like oh shit i must have missed it got one for her. sure enough Fast forward the next morning, she's puking and oh, no. didn't eat all day long. So I was I was feeling, <laughs> feeling Pamela Reed's character because I just witnessed it. 
Yeah. Oh, God. But she's, she's good now. It's like, you know, the 24-hour thing that food poisoning does. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, moral of the story, don't eat hot dogs. Do not eat hot dogs. No. It's not a good idea. I mean, in general, I feel like we all know this. So lesson <laughs> learned. And don't eat movie theater hot dogs, No, I guess. no, no. Get the mozzarella I, sticks. Yeah. I, 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 um, yeah, well, this film was a fun little throwback. You know, as I was watching it, I was like, I need to watch more 90s movies. We've done a few um, Arnie Schwartzy movies, but mm. this was a delight to revisit. So I'm glad that we watched it. Yeah. And, you know, in America, at least currently, as of this recording, you can watch it on Netflix. So we love a free film that you don't have to you know, pay $3 for. And yeah, it, it was just a good time. I feel like I was watching this and I was like, I wish... I was making movies in the 90s. They have so much fun with it, you know? Yeah, it's like a wholesome movie. Uh, mm. I read an article that this is his favorite movie that he did. Aww. So, yeah, it's, it's it's sweet to see him in this role. And the kids are hilarious. They put a the smile on your so face. Funny. Yeah, all the things they say. I remember my mom used to write down, like, little things, like, when we were five, six, seven, of, like, random stuff we used to say that was just, like, way out of left field. I was just that made her laugh. So I, I was thinking about that while watching this. That's All the really little kids. Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's the kid. I even told a few friends that I was watching this and people were like, oh, my God, the kid that's like women have a vagina yeah. and men have a penis. Like Boys have great. penises. Girls have girls vaginas. Have vaginas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also think this is like peak Ani. Like he's so handsome. I was watching it and I was like, God, he's such a good looking guy like you you know you see him now he's kind of obviously aged and like mm. even in some other films he looks quite beefcakey but in this one he's just adorable and i mean i think who doesn't love a kindergarten teacher a male kindergarten teacher running around with a bunch of six-year-olds they're kind of like all hanging off of him and you see him like sort of become less icy with these like yeah. sweet little kids so yeah because yeah. you get this disheveled kind of 90s late 80s i was thinking more late 80s than 90s Mm. kind of detective he's Mm -hmm. got this like spotty beard Mm -hmm. sunglasses um like overcoat and he's just looking for the bad guys hunting them down and then yeah throughout the movie just they the kids open him up starts to beat a little more into life he's got his own past with not seeing his kid and his wife won't let him see his his ex-wife won't let him see his kid so Mm -hmm. yeah it it was a sweet turnaround for mm. our old Arnie. Yeah, it's it's cute. And it's funny. I mean, part of the fun is like the sets and just like the stereotypes. Like first thing that jumped out at me with this film was the fact that it opens in a mall, which, you know, if we're talking about things that have changed or aged like milk or whatever, like mall culture is completely dead <laughs> at this point. I mean, L.A. has some good walkable malls, but, yeah. you know, revisiting this film, it's like people just used to like, hang out there and they would get dressed cute and they would go there like the opening scene is all these women in really nice skirts and outfits and heels walking around like that was a place to go mm-hmm. and that just doesn't that's just not it anymore yeah like your one stop shop for everything but now that's amazon. amazon yeah so yeah that it it was interesting to see and don't they all look the same all those <laughs> every single mall especially from like that era oh my god yeah so it's funny to see. Identical, yeah. But, um, There's like a fountain in the middle. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a couple stories, bunch of bunch of different stories you can pop into. Um, but like thinking about Arnold saying this was his favorite movie, um, it was it almost didn't happen. So mm-hmm. like I saw that Bill Murray, Patrick Swayze, and Danny DeVito all turned this role down. So you know we talked about this in the past with different actors, but those are all totally different movies, right? With each one of those guys, especially I think with like Bill Murray and Danny DeVito, those are <laughs> those are two way different films. I would watch a De- uh, Danny DeVito Kindergarten Cop though. Oh my God! Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we're gonna have to go and do Twins, right? That's the Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. I almost suggested that one, but then this one just like has such a cute little tile. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I feel like this movie is potentially ready for a remake. If we're going on cycles, I, I was the person I was speaking to today was like, Oh, I heard twins is getting a remake, but with like an interracial couple of twins. And I was like, Oh God, well, (laughs) if that gets announced, we'll have to have to do it. But this one, I guess I was thinking about the remake and I was like, maybe they couldn't do it because it's the idea of having guns in schools. Like that was something that jumped out to me yeah. on his first day. She's like, maybe lose the guns. And then she's like, they're going to eat you alive. Maybe take the guns. And yeah, it's a very innocuous joke in but, the context, but now not yeah, so much. Definitely an age well, because now it's like mm-hmm. all teachers have to have guns. There's actual, not there's legit cops in full uniform, not, undercover cops you know um so that yeah that is kind of yeah it's kind of weird but i this article i read um it's saying that there might be a sequel starring dolph lundgren i don't know if this is out i think this is a little bit older because this says Mm. um well yeah it says 20 20 something anniversary so it might go straight to dvd but um, do you know what Dolph Lundgren is? He was like in uh, one of the Rocky movies. Mm, yeah. yeah, I know the like name. That. Yeah. Um, and they shot that in Vancouver. But he's, uh, it's like a kindergarten class and there's like a, a flash drive goes missing from a witness protection and he's got to track it down. So I don't know if I want to <laughs> see that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it's just, people can it's, find it if it's out there. It's sad that I'm even like, oh, well, this one's due for a remake. It's been like 30 years or 25 years. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this film and I'm like, it's such a simple concept, actually, well executed and just so much fun. I think nowadays with storytelling, maybe we try to do too much or something like to pitch this. It's like so simple, you know, yeah. um, but uh, something that jumped out at me was the little boy looking up the girl's skirts. There was some things that I was like, hmm, interesting. Yes. That and the part that uh, stemmed off of that was Kathy Moriarty's coming in and talking to Arnold Schwarzenegger about it. And then he plays with dolls. We can't have that. Yeah. So it was like almost they're saying like it's bad if he's going to end up being, you know, gay or something. But it's okay like when he's like, oh, he's, he's looking up. Exactly. He's being a sex pest. A sex pest. <laughs> your favorite. Uh, a five-year-old sex pest. Yeah. Then that's okay. That's one of the notes I wrote down. I was like, that's kind of fucked up that yeah. what they're insinuating. If he's... I mean, yeah, there's some fucked up shit. Also, like the mom's like all being like, I'm not wearing any makeup. I need to look hot for the teacher. And then like the little boy being like, 
Mr. Kimball, are you married? And he's like, no, I'm not married. And he's like, he's not married. And he's like, obviously telling all the moms. And yeah. stuff. I mean, that's like kind of innocent, but there's a quite a few sexual undertones, uh, which in a classroom setting, not not necessary. And also he kisses, uh, what's her face? The 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 mom of Penelope the boy. Ann mm-hmm. Miller. Yeah, Joyce. Yeah, Joyce, and in front of the kids. I feel like mm-hmm. I knew some married couple teachers growing up, and they were like the opposite of PDA. Like they were so far away from each other, you would never know because they had the same last name. You yeah, know? I feel like it, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Like if it's just like kissing and showing affection, but if they're like yeah. hardcore making out or you know finger yeah, stuff kids are at funny. school. I mean, oh, but I they see their get... parents do it right, and it's yeah. It's, I just remember getting in trouble. I think I was a very immature, like 13, 14, and I'll just say their names. It was Mr. and Mrs. Dooley, which is such a weird name. And I don't know, in Australia, people go like, oh, Hooli Dooley. And I don't know what that means. A random thing that people say. And it's probably like, holy shit or whatever. Anyway, I remember kind of like making some jokes about them being married and the wife pulling me aside and being like, you need to stop. And I was so embarrassed at like, as like a middle school kid, because, you know, you're just like immature as fuck. It's like when someone has a crush and you're just like, ooh. Yeah. Um, And they do do that in the film. They're like, ooh. Yeah, I mean, it it comes out regardless. Uh, My kindergarten teacher ended up marrying the janitor. Oh. Or, Or the master of custodial arts. If not, Cute. yeah, if we don't say it. no, she was a total bitch. Oh. Um, well, I, we, had, we had half days. I don't know what your kindergarten was like, but um, we had half I days. I honestly cannot remember. So you would go like some kids would go from like eight to noon and then, you know, the other kids would come in and go for the second half. Like kindergartners wouldn't be there the whole day. But okay. I used to come out of school crying and my mom thought that like our teacher like hated boys because she would make like the, the boys stay longer to clean up their cubbies longer. And I'd come out crying. And I'd be like, Mrs. Hickey's an asshole. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but, it's funny how much teachers have an impact on your life. Do you mm-hmm. remember your favorite teacher? I do. And it's, um, it's funny. We're just doing something for... Um, charity it's like virtual charity right and you i was writing letters to teachers actually yesterday just like saying like how i appreciate them and um basically i was kind of like you could say make the case i was kind of an at-risk youth right like single Mm -hmm. mom things that like things like that saw some shit um old exactly no i said bold <laughs> oh <laughs> bold yeah um uh, but you know my te- my desk was always at the front of the room mm-hmm. in second grade but yeah my third grade teacher mrs um mrs dembor or she was fourth grade actually mrs zeit mrs urban um my one of my sixth grade teachers like all had effects on me and mm-hmm. so i wrote these letters yesterday to some of these teachers like hey you don't know how much of a difference you are making um Aww. like you are affecting you're affecting these kids and helping out communities that they grow up in, be a part of like mm. down the line. So like, you know, well, teachers you... are so undervalued. So mm-hmm. sure that means a lot. Cause I think teaching now is one of those professions like nursing or something where it's like, it's that you're not doing it for the money. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and especially in America, you're not doing it to, you know, it's a whole yeah. other story, but my favorite teacher when I was little was Mr. Elliot. I think he was my, fifth grade teacher i we must have been back in sydney because we lived in sydney for a couple of years and i remember you know i that was a child like i had some challenging years through school and 
it, it for a young woman, it's really interesting to have a male teacher. It sort of relates to the film too, because you can see the impact that Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is having on these kids, especially the kid that's like coming into school with bruises on him, which is such a sad story. So line. sad. Yes. Yeah, you know, Miss Mr. Elliot. I was always very bullied throughout school because we moved around quite a bit. And then I developed quite early as a, I think I, I started to kind of get boobs in like grade five and other girls were like really mean. And I got like my period really young. And I just remember Mr. Elliot was kind of the first male adult that I knew that kind of had my back that like, wasn't my dad and wasn't like a, a friend of my dad or like, wasn't an uncle. And yeah, he had such an impact on me. And then the other teacher that always meant so much to me was my 12th grade English teacher, Mrs. White, who my parents were going through a divorce. My mom was like losing her shit. She will be the first to tell you she was coming off of drugs. And we were at each other's throats because I was like hormonal and I'm in grade 12. And I'm like, I think I'm an adult, but really I'm like 17 and don't know shit mm-hmm. and have no parental control. And I will never forget, like, my mom and I got to a massive fight. I came to school really, really late. Uh, she, like, confiscated my fucking phone and wallet probably, but I was, like, dressed for school. So I some, I think I walked to school or I, like, managed to get halfway there. And she uh, – I was in Hong Kong. She gave me, like, 500 Hong Kong dollars, which was, like – I don't would have to look up the exchange right now. Less, you know, like, 50 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. And she said, you can come sleep on my couch. And, like, I – but she said it to me privately and – I think when you're in high school, you think that you're holding it together so, so well. And like, you know, you also don't want people to like look at you and you don't want to like be different than anyone else. And I just, I ran into her years later on the street and she had since had kids and stuff like that. And I think I said to her, like, you have no idea, like just knowing that I had an option because also like my mom was going through like drug withdrawals and like, but she was also a very proud person and didn't want people to know. And I, that kind of translated to me. So I wasn't always honest about like what was going on at home and yeah it's really i think it's really important to like reflect on those people and to say thank you to the people that helped yeah, you definitely if you can reach to out get, like, to emo them. for a second yeah but that's <laughs> that's good though it's just like you're saying uh, these people touched your life and gave you a safe space to be and to mm-hmm. like go through these things and these emotions that kids deal with and it's uh our educators do and wear way more hats than they should Mm -hmm. right and like you said like they're not really compensated for it and we some most people think of them as like an afterthought but they really do so much um for kids it's yeah they they see everything right they're with them they're with them so much i think i get a little triggered by watching some education things like this in abbott elementary because i think in another life i would have been a teacher Honestly, I, I can see you being a great teacher. I feel like there's a ghost. Have you ever heard the of the um, like thing about ghost ships, like your life? So I think it's a poem. Basically, you know, we pick the path that we pick, but it's almost like in the distance through like a veil through like the clouds, you can kind of see the ghost ship of the life of the choices that you didn't choose. Mm-hmm. And you can never board that ship, but you can kind of see it. And it's kind of like going, you know, sort of in a similar direction. So for me, a ghost ship of my life is the education thing. And actually right after college, I was lost and I went back to Hong Kong for six months and lived with my mom. And I was a TA at my old high school. Ah. Um, actually, it was a combined, it was like K through 12 because it was a small international school. 
and I was in grade four for a period of time because I was helping this one kid who had had a brain tumor removed and he came back and he like needed help catching up and I just helped him. And then I think for another couple of weeks, I helped this seventh grader who had like severe ADHD who couldn't figure out, you know, when you go from grade six, well, in, in the Australian system anyway, like grade seven is when your classes start switching around and you have different teachers. Yeah. Um, like periods, I got, different I got periods. the fuck out of there because I was like, this <laughs> is not it. Yeah, but you still helped those kids. And it's like, yeah. I, I think when you were saying that, I'm thinking about like you throwing a rock in a pond and you, mm. those waves, right? So just you getting some attention to a kid recovering from a surgery or somebody mm -hmm. with um, ADD, ADHD, you help them, you know, on their path. So Wait, I want to freak. I want to freak myself out. That would have been 2011. So how old would the seventh grader would be like fully an adult? Because that was, I mean, they both probably are like over 21 now, right? Your, your doorbell <laughs> rings. <laughs> I just, I wouldn't. I can't. Like, this it's is, like when this is Herbert Taylor. I was a, I was a camp counselor, and like, it just freaks me the fuck out to see. I had to like stop going on Facebook because. I had the 12 year olds the first year, the not so cool cabin. And the second year I was a camp counselor. I had the 13 year olds and they were the cool cabin. And like, they're all fully graduated university now. Like I cannot deal with it. It makes me feel, <laughs> I wonder if you're a teacher, if that's how you feel when you see these adults that were children and Out they have the kids and yeah. 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 It's, it's wild. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it for the fact that I wouldn't know what to say to some of these kids. Like you're saying like the cool kids, I'd be like, hey, guys, how's the stock market? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, did you guys go to the dance last night? How's yeah. the stock cop? And I, was, I, just, I get weird. I, I'm already, like, not that cool. Like, I have nerd <laughs> tendencies. Like, I love theater. I love, like, yeah. cheesy shit. I mean, I wasn't it, – it's funny, like, with the camp counseling and stuff, like, the first two years I went for the full summer. So that's like eight weeks or something. And you live there with them. You live in cabins, you know, I'm in my early twenties or whatever. And then like the subsequent years, I think I did it for like four or five years. I just would go up on the weekends with like the five-year-olds, the six-year-olds. And they thought I was fucking cool. But yeah, see everyone that, else was like, you can Ugh. be like, you're a funny person. So like yeah. you can engage them I that love way. love the cheesiness. Yeah. Yeah. And you can like, you can be animated and that's, that sucks their attention in. And they're like, Oh, like, Funny noises and shapes are coming Stories out of this, this one. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I'll sit down and I'll listen to this one. Mm -hmm. She's funny. But yeah, the older kids, it's the just like, they don't got like time for it. Rolling their eyes. And I'm like, yeah. all right, settle down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. You were such a naughty kid. I was such a goody two shoes. Like I was the extra credit wanting, you know, validation, A type personality, okay. you know, captain of every sports team you know, lead in every play, like was fully, I mean, I always talk about this, like whenever, I've, whenever I have meetings with people and they ask me about me as a writer, I'm like, Leslie Nope is me. Like Leslie Nope and Liz Lemon, Leslie Nope from Parks and Recreation, <laughs> oh, Liz Lemon from 30 Rock. Like those were the women that I saw on TV in Hong Kong because like we didn't get too much international TV. And I, that's me. Like they are like eager and like not super cool, but like hopefully lovable. I don't know. Yeah, so, that that makes sense. I don't know if we would have been friends in high school. I think maybe uh, maybe through sports we would have. Uh, probably through sports. I was actually cool with everybody. Mm. Like yeah. I was like uh, kind of like I was an outcast. I was a popular outcast. Mm. 
Hashtag popular like outcast. Was, if that I makes sense. That. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm on the fringe. Like I'm, I'm kind of like I go my own way. I was mm. kind of into whatever I wanted to get into. But like, you know, some people would follow me it, for doing that thing and some people wouldn't. Or I'd kick it with these people because I thought that was cool and these people wouldn't. You know, so, yeah, it was uh, I was all over the place in high school. I but was I, too. I mean, yeah, I was too. But I think I felt like a loser. I think so much of the confidence that you probably have naturally as a person came through where you're like, yeah, I like Warhammer or I like, you know, basketball. Yeah. And if if slash when I have kids, you know, I hope to instill in them that like you can love whatever you love, but just like be confident about it mm-hmm. because the coolest kids, at least when we were growing up, I think were just the ones that did not give a single fuck what anyone else thought. I was more on that side and I was like, and you're a funny person. So being funny helps right with that. I yeah. think your confidence and then being able to deflect through humor if you get in a situation and then also sports builds confidence. Like when you yeah. win, you win right? You win and you lose, but you remember like, oh, I won this game or I had this shot or I did this thing in soccer. That's, that's big for, for people's confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you're getting, you're stacking up wins. Some of these people go through life, not playing sports and they're, maybe they're not great students. And it's like, when's the last win I had? So they start mm. going that other way. And that's when we start losing some of these kids. Yeah, no, it's true. It's so funny to like, again, like I'm trying to be less on social media, but do you stay in touch with people that you went to high school with or like junior school. And then you see like what they look like now. And you're like, Holy shit. You're like old <laughs> you <have> five kids. <laughs> so you're a peanut farmer in Boston. Peanut farmer in Boston. <laughs> Great profession. Um, but, I know that's, that town's known for its prolific oh. peanut farms. Great. Right. D- that double, democracy. Double roasted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I just, I'm picturing, Boston, peanut farmer. He's like he's like a real cerebral guy because Boston's like such a he's got like a pipe and a tweed jacket yeah. and he's just like he grows like one peanut a year but it's like the best peanut. Yeah. And he takes like it to so the museum. Yeah. yeah, and they, they puts it in one clam chowder yeah. just eats it. Mm, God, that was good. See you next year. Yeah. Um, anyway, sure. I don't even know what the question was. Uh, uh, do you? Oh, do, do you I keep still, in touch? Yeah. yeah. So I I deleted Facebook probably four or five years ago. Damn. Not on the book. Still IG and but I still have probably you know couple tight friends from high school mm. that I was tight with. I fell off you know years ago with some of them like being just being in like chat groups things like that and I was like oh, mm. I'm out of here. Kept tight with the ones that I really care about and then just tight with some people that from college other than that it's like all my people are out here like you guys so yeah. yeah what about you so my actual high school uh so you guys can look me up all our listeners i went to the australian international school of hong kong which at the time i was in the sixth graduating class so it was small and you know k through 12 all in the same massive skyscraper building with a with a field out the front because hong kong you know land is limited Um, And I am not friends with a single person from my actual high school. But the school I went to in Sydney, I still am friends with people. I left end of grade eight. Um, I'm still friends with some of those guys. And then whilst in Hong Kong, there was another school kind of like down the road, this other school called KG5, King George V School, which I wish my parents had sent me to that school. But their reasoning for sending me to the Australian school was like every year they're like, no, 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 we're going to move back. And they never did until I graduated high school. You know, still to this day, my mom has never moved back to Australia. So I think they just wanted to keep us like 
you know, the Australian system runs from January to December. You guys have a summer in the middle. Our summer's at Christmas. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful that I didn't miss any time, you know, between high school and university, but I stayed in touch with all those kids. But again, I didn't go to school with them. Maybe if I did, they would have found me really weird and annoying. But or you would have been you'd have been that person queen of the queen exactly. of the party. I dated only men from that school, men, boys. Um, you know, dated only guys from that school, and so it's funny. I still, yeah, I still see. I actually just saw one of the girls in Sydney. She has two babies now. Uh, she's another Aussie, and like we were friends in Hong Kong through random international kids stuff. But yeah, I missed out on the day to day drama of that, and. Yeah, it's it's just funny. Like, I have tried to look up some of the girls that I went to high school with that I like felt very bullied by. Probably looking back, it was a Liz Lemon situation where I was just as rude to them and mean and had jokes. Uh, and yeah. Um, but so many of them I can't find. I don't know if they changed their names, like if they got married and stuff. Like that's for women. That's the risk. Harder, yeah. Changed their name, yeah. Uh, I think it was hard for my mom to get her like the real ID, which they're. A lot of mm. states are making you get by a certain time um, because they charge, which is it's fucked up. They charge for every name change that you what? had for like the paperwork. Yeah. So like, you know, she was married to my biological father. Uh, you know, we left, but then she remarried and, and her, her maiden name. So like mm. she had to try to find all this paperwork and then like resubmit and she had to pay for like each time the name was. So it's kind of fucked up. Not very I'm not gonna. Fair. I'm not gonna change my name. I don't think. I just think it's for me personally. It feels very like outdated and patriarchal. But yeah. and, and it's funny. Like so many girls that I went to school with that were like beat the drum feminists. Like they've gone on to change their names. Like all right. <laughs> I like it when people kind of come up with a second name. Like that's combined. I think that's a cool yeah, trend. I, I I was trying to say that to Libby. I thought uh, Rajanati is a that's kind of cool yeah it is like if you you know i sat with it for a little bit and she was yeah. like what about martin Rodgers?" i'm like that's terrible get it's out of Ra- here it's rajanati or it's nothing <laughs> wait what's the one she wants uh martin 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 rogers martin rogers or something martin rogers like or something like that yeah i think what we've decided if <laughs> if we have kids is because i have a double last name is the first one will get dropped and we'll do Ash in there. Um, And that's partly because the first name comes from my mom's stepdad, who was a piece of shit. So like, you know, I'm proud of it because it's like Phoenix rising from the ashes. Like you make something new out of something old. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think when you get together with someone, if you have the kid thing, you know, there's compromises to be made. Having said that, as the fucking vehicle that has to birth this thing, <laughs> I think it, the default should be the woman's last name because she's doing legitimately all the work. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I mean, well, there's no few, argument. Few pumpages. You're but, cut, so cutting through seven layers of fucking fat on my belly <laughs> and be- putting my stomach in a bowl of ice <laughs> while you get this child out, or my vagina's ripping Listen, from my V to my A. It's You're patri- it's a patriarchy, babe. Yes, we my they name. established it. Piece of shit, years kid. and years ago. But what? So it would be what? Ash Taylor. Ash Taylor, I think, Ash for the Taylor? kids. That's cool. So then it's fair because it's like he won't, he'll be Ash, I'll be Herbert Taylor, and then they'll be Ash Taylors. They'll be little hybrid babies. Yeah. But who knows if I can actually do it because like life's so expensive and the world's on fire and it might not exist in 10 years. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Love it. 
tangent. Kindergarten cops to childhood trauma. Speaking of changing names, yes, just like Dominic had to change his name from uh, Colin. Yeah, Uh, Junior. What what kind of name is Crisp? Our uh, antagonist, Richard Tyson. His name is Crisp in this movie. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty pretty great name. It's like she forgot how to spell Christopher, (laughs) or she was like having a stroke or something. Crisp. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great baddie last name. Yeah, it is. Isn't yeah. there a Canadian chocolate bar called like a Coffee Crisp? I think there is. Don't like Cana- don't they call them or people in English like uh, potato chips crisps? No. Oh yeah, crisps is like chips. Yeah. But Canada also has Coffee Crisp because I know my Canadian friends are like, look at my hole when they come back, and it's always like ketchup chips and Coffee Crisps. <laughs> maybe okay. maybe it's short for Coffee Crisp. Maybe yeah. it's Canadian. <laughs> I can see it. I did enjoy seeing Linda Hunt in this. She plays Professor Trollwani in Harry Potter. She's very short. Okay, so I looked this up before we jumped on. So does she not remind you from, I think her name's like Edna from The Incredibles? Yes. I could have oh swore. God, I had to so look it up. Much. I was like, oh, that's where they, that's that's the Linda Hunt. From. Exactly. So I went up and I was like, that must be her too in the movie. And it wasn't. It's a, a guy that voices... No and, way. Uh, and the Incredibles. I mean, I, it was, I took two seconds, so maybe maybe I'm wrong. No, but I believe you. I, I can't. Whoever was animating this, drawing this up, probably subconsciously just saw something with Linda Hunt in it, and mm. uh, and created her. So. I enjoy that. Mm. I enjoy that you've thought that because I thought the same. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this film. I know we've gone on like a bunch of very <laughs> different tangents, but there's not that much that I mean. We kind of called out some things about like the girls play with toy dolls and the boys play with trucks. That was shit. And then the kid like perving, being a sex pest. Um, But apart from that, there's not really any diversity or shock. Um, Yeah, there's like one or two. Although the kids are pretty diverse. diverse. Yeah, yeah. One or two diverse kids. Um, Um, There's a really cute little black boy. There's like a scene where they walk and this kid has like so fly. He's got this trench coat on. Just the kids were so cute, man. Yeah, yeah. The kids were so cute. But I was also like 30 children to one teacher. Like... I felt like it was too many kids for one yeah. guy. Well, that's 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 realistic. I've, I've really? been in some of those classes in, in America. Yeah. They're Jesus. Just, yeah. Yep. That's too I think it's we had much. classes of like 16, maybe no, 18. There's a, it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's still an issue. Um, mm. I, I even see like some states cutting like a day because they can't staff teachers. God. Yeah. But I, what, I, what I just popped into my head... Um, like it was a shame that Sylvester, uh, not Sylvester, who was it? Um, Zach's mom or Zach, the boy that was getting abused. It, it just makes me think like when we're talking about all these little kids were so cute and they all their own little characters, right? And like what we can, what people in society does to them and like how they end up at the end of high school or, you know, when they're in their early 20s because of life. And it's like we take that joy and that individual and we compress it and push them down and do this and they get negativity in their system. And you know what I mean? They get hurt by somebody that they care about and this and that and all that light starts to dim and diminish. So it's sad to like think about, you know, this kid that was abused and that's how it started. And it's just the shit happens every day. And, um, you know, if we could cut away from that and like like what humans do to each other it's it's uh 
It's so true. I always think about little kids as blocks of clay and everything that happens to you over life is like a thumbprint. And, you know, because if you get a, a piece of clay straight out of a packet, it's hard. It's it's hard to mold. But the more you play with it, it warms up. And it's like that's kind of like life, you know, like mm. or maybe you uh, you drop it and a bit gets ripped off or whatever. And you're right. Like to see these little kids so full of joy. Ugh, it's just it is heartbreaking. I mean, I think that's one reason people do have kids because I'm yet to find a parent that's like, this is so fun. This is so much more fun than not having kids. Mm. Um, but I think some of the joy of it, I'm sure, is yeah. meeting this little person and being like, holy shit. Because some kids are just born with these personalities. Like, you know, the nature versus nurture things. Like, you would meet a little kid and be like, where the fuck did this quirk come from? <laughs> and it's totally genetic. Like maybe your grandma was, you know, yeah, had a mouth way. on her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's sad to think about. Yeah. How... Right. It's, hopefully that, you know, people start to realize this, take this and we, we uplift this and we fan these like individuals, these well, flames, instead of you got to fit in this box and you got to yeah. be this way. And like a lot of our systems, like sitting in class Schools, for eight hours, exactly. Yeah. And it mirrors or like, like you have to learn from books. Like maybe you're more of a visual learner. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're more of a doing learner. Yeah. Um, I think that's why the, the other, that other school system is popular now. Montessori. Montessori. Yeah. I yeah. really like that. Like uh, it, an example is like, teaching kids about the solar system. Mm. Like you take all the kids out outside, one would be in the middle as the sun and then someone earth, you know, the moon, and they would rotate around to learn like how the yeah. solar system's organized. Yeah. Like hands on. And, My nephew, uh, outside. Scott's nephew, uh, he goes to outside school um, because he like <laughs> cannot be contained by a classroom. He's like, <laughs> no, seriously. So there's three kids and I'm the oldest. And so you would think I would have like the special affinity with my oldest nephew who I do obviously love no favorites, but Sammy, Oh my God, there's something about him. He's just this wild child. And so he goes to the school where they do that. They like, they, I'm sure they have like some classroom situation, mm -hmm. or whatever, but they, especially Oregon, it rains all the fucking time, but they, um, yeah, they're outside. They do like much more like active things. And that's perfect for him because he's crazy. Um, and loves to like run around <laughs> And I like to think that hopefully the education system is catching up to like understand that people learn differently. Yeah, right? I think they're way more progressive in other countries with that and in mm. knowing that kids need to be interactive and be outside mm. for a certain amount of time and get their hands dirty. And yeah, it's it's. Uh, I wonder it's how good. the pod school thing has you know, because during the pandemic, people mm -hmm. kind of did pod schools. We we have a friend that was a teacher in one. Yeah. And I wonder if that's going to become more popular, especially if you can get together with like five or six other families and just pay directly if one of you can host, you know. So I would actually probably do that if I had a kid. And I because so, so like our, our friend, which you're referring to, she took like these six girls and a lot of them were just like okay readers and by the time she was done with them they had jumped like way yeah. ahead and were way more proficient reading 
Um, and they even talk about that in this movie. The principal, uh, Linda Hunt's like, oh, really? Like, your sixth grader can read? She's like, oh, yeah, he can read really well. She's like, oh, that's advanced. You know, and that's... Um, well, it's a fake piece. It's fake, shit. too. But um, this thing I was doing yesterday with the Cards for Teachers, they're saying, like, at up to, like, third grade, you really start to see issues with kids past that that can't read or can't read mm. well, right? And they start having issues down the line if they're not proficient readers by third grade so it's just it's a it's a big deal if you can sell parents on like yeah you're in a pod you're getting um education and it's catered to your kids they're meeting the curriculum and they're becoming way more advanced because they're getting more attention like that's for somebody with means like why wouldn't they do that yeah absolutely i mean also guns in schools it's a no yeah. from me dog um that like the teacher prisons. could be an undercover cop like hello where is this guy they didn't do a background check on this guy this that is yeah. something that's interesting is like i don't know we don't really go into the backstory like what strings were pulled but this guy rocks up and is first of all it's meant to be his partner who's a woman and then he rocks up and is like i'm the substitute teacher and she's like, have you taught before? And he's like, yeah, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. And then, like, it's <laughs> weeks into the thing. And she's like, I looked you up. You don't yeah. have any credentials. And like, teaching. Mate, well, who is this man around these children? Yeah. I mean, she got pressure because she knew that he was a police officer. So, right. like, the board, you know, whoever was on the board or superintendent, whatever. But to let in Richard Tyson, the, the heavy in this mm-hmm. movie, Crisp, that would never happen. I remember I was going well, to come talk. Come and look at the kindergarten t- school and it's like, okay, which one am I going to kidnap? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like easy pickings. Like I remember going to high school. I was, I went to speak at some marketing class on just like this, like sales job that I was doing during college and to just talk about my college as well. And I had to get buzzed in and then I had to go straight to the desk um, where that I was, I was assisted to the desk by security signed in badged in and then somebody else grabbed me took me to that class yeah so like you can't even get in like you can't even open a front door of a school mm. nowadays it's very um, different than australia may i just say but they're I still think like they, open and yeah i mean i haven't been in a school in a while but they still have and there's nothing like that right because right, you, you don't have all the issues you don't have guns i mean there's still fucking weirdos you know i'm sure pick up and drop off like you know, if you had a kid and then you and Libby were busy and you were like, oh, can you pick him up from school? And then you forgot to call the school. Like, they're not going to let some kid just, just go home with yeah. a stranger, I think, I hope. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was so 90s. Like, it's 1990. No one has like a cell phone. Mm-hmm. No one has a computer. You can't really Google someone. This movie would be over in three seconds if this was in 2020. <laughs> Where did you say you taught last year? Yeah. You're not coming up. Yeah. <laughs> up. yeah. You don't have any kids. Crisper. Get the Crisp. fuck out of here. Um, yeah. This movie was also shot a few miles from where the Goonies was shot. That's what Scott story. was saying. Yeah. One good thing about Oregonian people, I guess Australians are the same way. Cause I always claim the Aussies, but as soon as you mention a movie that was like set in Oregon or was shot in Oregon, they'll, they'll let you know. Don't worry. <laughs> like, so oh, this yeah, was, you know. yeah, he was like, this is, I was like, Oh, is this the most famous movie from that was shot in Oregon? He's like, well, the Goonies. I was like, Oh, which is also a film I haven't seen. So I'll have to check you haven't out. seen the Goonies. No. Dang. They, they might, do it. they might have that 
the summer somewhere because that's a pretty popular movie. Mm. Uh, maybe maybe they'll have it at the at the Forever Cemetery or at yeah one of the rooftops. But that that movie's fantastic. Yeah, that'd be yeah. good. We can get Was there Josh, anything- Josh Brolin to be a guest. <laughs> yeah, he's geez, I'm sure he's dying to be on the podcast. <laughs> His agents won't leave me alone. It's so annoying. Fine, Josh, you can be yeah, on the podcast. You can be on. Fine. Um, did you have anything else that like stuck out to you? Um, no, just like researching obviously like the 90s fashion and school moms and dads um was kind of kind of funny 90s to business see dad. yeah business dads all that no time for the kids um so that stuff's like all you know for me because i was i was a youngin when this happened around the same same age probably as these kindergartners so when this movie came out so it's it's funny to see but just looking back on this um Ivan Reitman's son was in this. He was the and his daughter, the boy kissing the oh. in the in the closet. Yeah, his daughter was in one of the third grade classes because I was looking up to see because Scott was like walking past when I was watching it and he was like, "I wonder if any of these kids became famous actors or like kept acting." And I was like, "I'm sure some of them." Mm-hmm. did i'm sure this movie left an impression and then i was scrolling through and didn't find too many names but uh reitman she's actually in that show working moms i think she's uh-huh. like the lead it's ivan reitman's daughter she's he was the director obviously and yeah we is this the same son that we saw at the forever 20 for, yeah. for, forever 21 yeah <laughs> forever, <laughs> forever cemetery hollywood forever yeah. uh, when we saw ghostbusters yeah yep. and okay. he's listed as um a pa and he's like a teenager. Yeah. He's listed as oh, a PA. That's some fucking nepotism right there. That's a right nepo baby for sure. I would have loved to be a PA when I was like that age. Yeah. So he's probably, he probably got some residuals from us watching this. Um, wow. But he's a, he's not from Netflix. A, he's an yeah. Oscar nominated, um, isn't he? For a couple mm. of things. Yeah. yeah he's, he? he's legit. Yeah. So. Nepo, fucking nepo baby. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just interesting. Um, you know, another one of the movies we did recently was like a '50s movies, and it's interesting to see like family, and then. The, no, we haven't done it yet because this is going fast. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just saying, like a oh, '50s movies we did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we have done some. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you see family that's connected or whatever, and it's like, oh, you know, some of some of the nepotism is is kind of cool, right? especially the ones that you know are talented right um and we've talked about like nepotism before if they'll get the shot and the opportunity which is like 80 percent of making mm-hmm. it in hollywood but they're not going to stick around if, if they don't got it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah it's just uh it's interesting to see these stories but we do love ivan reitman he's mm-hmm. a loss he's a loss to the creative community what a great dude so yeah. many great movies including this one and ani oh my god Scott was like, I wish we lived in California when Ani was the governor. Um, he was a Republican and I lean more to, I'm not able to vote, so don't come for me. But like, I think my ideology is more liberal, but um, Ani seems like a great guy to this day. You know, I see him on Reddit. He's always commenting. He just seems like a sweetheart. I mean, minus the years long affair he had on his wife, but you know. Nobody's perfect. No, I was just going to say that. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> the governor, the once, or was he a two-time governor of California? Listen, I sure. couldn't give a fuck about American politics. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I he... should care more now that I live here. <laughs> Who's the governor now? Newsom. I do know that. Yeah. Who's the mayor? Karen Bass. Yeah, see? You got it. I only know this because of 
the writer's strike and seeing who's been making like comments and like who's standing supporting and, yeah and some of it's some of the quotes are a bit out of touch it's like we can't have hollywood grind to a halt and we're like yeah we know so maybe you could just pay the writers cough it up yeah, yeah and it's not like they're asking for much it's uh yeah. the amount yeah. of money uh some of the streamers lost in one day because of the strike is so much more than what they asked for i think they asked for like 250 million dollars all told across like all of the members yeah and i think i don't want to call out netflix solely because i do love you netflix but not all the time um i think they lost like 1.2 billion dollars like their stock dropped that much which Damn. is crazy yeah pretty penny uh, and reading these articles it's like a lot of these projects that made these platforms popular mm-hmm. right and they came on after the last strike um that happened mm-hmm. and it's like yeah these people make Build your, your brands, platform yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so just it's it's crazy too because it's like would you support i mean everyday people too it's frustrating to see like in the social media comments this is a tangent but like people They're that are like stuff. oh like like whatever hollywood and blah blah good like this and that it's like these people that are striking are just like you and they would want you to have like same protections yeah. and same things at your factory job or and why are we being know? bootlickers to the people at, exactly there's, there's a wage gap we know this when you yeah. look at what a ceo made in the 50s it was like four times the lowest worker's salary or something five times maybe 10 times at the most now it's like 300 400 times yeah. you know it's it's not okay and then i think what people outside of the industry don't understand is like you know you work for 10 weeks as a as a staff writer on a show let's say you make in that 10 weeks ninety thousand dollars now that sounds like a lot you have to remember the california tax rate is like 45 percent. if you have a manager is that right no so- no. Okay. What's the it's tax a rate? it's a it's a sliding scale. So it's okay. probably it's probably like around ten percent on that, and then okay. federal is like twenty, probably twenty two. Okay. 24%. So let's say, okay. Let's be let's yeah. say it's thirty percent that you yeah. pay. So then also, if you're a writer at that level, you probably have a manager who takes ten percent of whatever you make, and an agent who also takes ten percent. And if you have a lawyer, they take an additional five percent. The reason I know about all of this stuff is because for the person I work for, you know, he's making in theory shit tons of money, you know, doing this acting stuff. But then when you start to break it down, like he's, he's paying out a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. So someone who makes $90,000, let's say, let's take away half of that. That's 45,000. And you may only work one job in a year because it's so hard to get these jobs and it's so competitive and you have to be, yeah. Anyway, I could, so now you're you're living off that. 40 45 grand for yeah. the whole 12 months you're trying to live um every writer i know doesn't feel so confident like people you know you're like a squirrel you have to like fucking tuck it away yeah which is yeah so there's no security there so it's like mm-hmm. i would just say like people that are in those comments and have those feelings it's they're these people are just like you they're working a job and they just want a better standard of living which they're more than entitled to for right. the profits that and by the way, a these companies a, are making. And a factory should make more money. I, The yeah. Writers Guild of America, which I am not a member of, but would love to be one day, we, the writers, like, they're no different than, yeah, I think teachers need to be paid more. It's yeah. not 
specific to the industry. It's specific to people who have been taken advantage of for a long, long time. And it's, it's the wealth gap and it's billionaires and let's not turn on one another. Let's, let's look up and be like, hang on a fucking second. You know, why do you have three yachts and I live in a 400 square foot apartment that I can barely afford and I'm stressed because eggs are $6 now, you know? And these people, I think I, I don't want to talk out of turn, but I'm not even sure if some of these, these CEOs at these streamers even started um, those companies. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like they step in and they're, they're operating a business for a group of people that are on that board and they're pulling in $250 million. And it's like, you know, they're, they're making the ship go in the right direction, but these people need to get paid like in any industry. So it's yeah, like, like teachers. Yeah. So they don't have to be cops and teachers at the same time. <laughs> Two jobs. I wonder if he got paid as a teacher as well during those, or he just got his cop salary. I did think like, so he came back. So did that lady lose her job again? The, the original How can he come back as a te- teacher? Wait a second. He came back to Astoria to live. No. I don't or you know. think he was teaching? I don't know. He's going to have to get he, his he walked degree. walked back. He had his whistle. He's he's gonna need to get his degree. I don't I know think. if you need a degree to teach kindergarten. Absolutely, you do. Yeah, like a you bachelor's, not a actual teacher. Yeah. You probably get a teaching certificate. He probably Education. got. He probably has a bachelor's degree to become. He was in the force for twelve years. He's I don't a detective. Know. Policemen don't need. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, I, they're, <laughs> they're just handing out jobs in kindergartens now. Sure. Yeah. Come. Come on in. All right. Well, it is time to decide. Mm-hmm. Who from the cast of crew you would like to give a shout out? Do you want to you, go first? I'm gonna. If you want to go first, you can. Okay. You always let everybody else. Go I first, so. am gonna go for. Speaking of the writer strike, I'm gonna go in the script and continuity department. I'm going for Julie Pitcannon. She was the script supervisor. Now, I know what a script coordinator does on a TV show. I, and I worked on a feature, and I know our scripty. His name is Scotty. He was the best. I think a script supervisor on a film make sure that you actually shoot all the pages in the script and then like also makes notes of like the takes that the director liked and just like keeps you on track. If there's changes to the script, make sure that everybody has them. Um, They have a team, but yeah, it's an important job and it is, you know, at least in TV script coordinators are in the writing world. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to shoot out, shout out Julie Pitt Cannon. She also worked on, um them which is a tv series she worked on the show scorpion she did 86 episodes as a script supervisor for that she did battleship she did sorcerer's apprentice she's done tons of stuff i'm just i love going through and seeing like again like i'm looking at 2006 she did two things in 2006 deja vu and then two episodes of justice like i hope she made enough money to survive you know all these different things but um yeah it sounds yeah, like she's working well two things a year is not not that many oh, again yeah, yeah, yeah. but i was thinking if, like the scorpion if their features like they're they're longer yeah uh scorpion yeah she did that for yeah. but anyway julie we see you and we appreciate you see you and we appreciate you who have you got so i went with karen McElhatton, and she was on the crew for this movie as an animal trainer Ooh. for the ferrets. Yes. Yeah, what was the deal with the ferret? How many ferrets do you think they had? I don't know how many they had, but it was illegal 
to have ferrets, I think, in California. or oh. maybe, Yeah. And then um, under Arnold's supervision, when he was governor, um, they, like, put a bill to make ferrets, like, okay to have, and he vetoed it, and he shot it down. So there's this <laughs> article saying he was a hypocrite. <laughs> wow. But, um, yeah, or maybe he was like, I'm protecting you guys. Yeah, you don't I'll, know. They smell so bad. <laughs> Did Apparently you see? they do smell really bad. They bit Chris before I shot him. Um, <laughs> that was a terrible, terrible voice. Uh, okay, so she's worked on like 35 different um, movies, and one of them was Hancock. Um, she nice. did Matilda, Crimson Love. Tide, yeah. Crim- Crispin Tide. Yeah, Crispin Tide. I'd watch that movie. Uh, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Um, Quantum nice. Leap, the series. She she worked on Twins. Um, no way. Yeah. So she's she's done some stuff. She's she been the around. The, too. Yeah. The Golden Child, Eddie Murphy movie from back in the day that's oh. kind of slept on. So yeah. Um, Karen, we see you and we appreciate you. We see you and, we see you and we appreciate you. And we're sorry that your name's Karen because I'm sure that's really rough. You Hope keep, you go by like Carrie or. My mom's name is Karen. Kiki. We got to change yeah. that. She's an we're, angel. We're not, not going to change it. She's, this Karen spells it K-A-R-I-N. Oh, maybe okay. maybe it's Karen, but I, I'm, I'm thinking it's a cool She's way definitely to pronouncing Karen. it Karen these days, for <laughs> sure. Coffee for Karen? No, uh, It's actually Karen. Karen, <laughs> get in the job of Karen. Um, yeah, the ferrets. I actually think ferrets are super cute, but I have heard they smell really bad, so it's going to be a no for me, I yeah. think, unfortunately. Well, this was fun. I'm glad that mm-hmm. we did this one. I thought with just the two of us it would be so quick, but we really went into like some trauma dumping, which we is got, great. Yeah, you know, we had a good release. You Shared know, some things. Exactly. We'll Hopefully see how many of us. listening can do the same. Cut some shit out. We'll see. Or maybe yeah. I'll leave it in. It's a, it's a it. girl, leave you know? It. You know, yeah. this is part of podcasting. Mm-hmm. We, there's going to be some days. Two random we'll, people talking about two we random just things. just go off. Yeah. You know, we, talk, we broke down the education system. We broke down, you know, capitalism and its pod faults. Schools, yeah. yeah, pod schools. We're, Trauma. We're doing some, we're doing some good we things. All under, all under the guise of, a, of, of movie podcast hosts. That's it. There it is. Well, thanks for joining me on today's episode, David. And thanks to our listeners. I hope that you have some emotional feelings about your own school. Maybe you leave and think about a teacher that meant a lot to you. And especially with everything going on in the education system, you'll you'll think of a teacher and mentally give them a thanks. Or, mm-hmm. you know what? Fuck it. Thank a real teacher that you know. Yeah. Um, but for now, David, you should just go ahead and check your phone. Wait, wait, we got to back it up. Oh, real quick. Oh, we forgot we to say. say. All right, just real oh, quick. I'm going to say, I'm going to say this movie held up, didn't age like milk. It was funny. Brought a smile to my face while watching it. Kids are super cute. Made me think for a second, ah, maybe I will have kids. And then I was like, damn, I'm busy. Um, so maybe not. So, <laughs> so we'll see. But yeah, good Arnie movie. Um, you know, always want to see more minorities, but uh, overall, I think this is a good wholesome movie that held up. Okay, I think it's a wholesome movie too. I don't think it aged that badly. I will say this is milk that Ani left in his fridge in his house when he was governor of California, maybe just a little <laughs> bit because of the lack of diversity, the joke about the boys playing with dolls, yeah. and um, yeah, just some 
you know, some like, maybe a little bit, maybe you just had to sort of like unscrew the top like it was stuck together, you know, when it gets crusty. And, yeah, crust. and they're like, oh, it's still pretty fresh. That's actually good. But yeah, I, I was trying to jump the gun. I totally forgot how we do. Hey, we covered, covered a lot of stuff. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Well, then now you should just go yes. ahead and check your fridge. And make sure that milk isn't spoiled. Gross milk is gross. Pretty sure the accent's a hate crime. <laughs> That's it for now. We'll catch you next time. Bye. See you.